and Luke. We could create a whole world in the mind of the listener simply by using sound effects. Ron Wolfley. <laughs> Luke Lipinski. Huh. Wolf and Luke. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Hour number two of the show on a Friday. It is the Wolf and Luke show, and the Arizona Cardinals have not made a move yet today. Uh, we are a few days into the, well, we're past legal tampering now. This is full-out free agency. Um, I got to say, Wolf, of all the stuff, and we, we talked about the show or this week on Monday. We started the show. It's like we got March Madness. We got spring training. We got uh, the Suns have three games. The Coyotes are scoring nine goals a night. You got all this stuff going on. Uh, Major League Baseball free agency, which there really hasn't been all that much there. There's been some, but it's really just the Dodgers getting better. Uh, But NFL free agency, if you had told me on Monday morning the Cardinals' only addition to the roster on paper would be Jeff Gladney on Friday morning, I would have been surprised. I would have been very surprised by that. I don't know what I thought they were going to get because I know in retrospect, J.C. Jackson probably wasn't realistic, even though that's who everybody had them connected to. Yeah. I just thought they would have more right now. You know, honestly, um, once again, I'm sorry. I've been talking about it ad nauseum right now, but I think they've changed an awful lot. And there are so many people that are out there right now going, what are you talking about? What are you talking about, Wolf? The only thing that has happened is they've lost Chandler Jones, they lost Chase Edmonds, and they lost Christian Kirk. Well, you're right about that, brothers. You are. But you know what it means? Put it all together. They signed James Conner. They signed Zach Ertz. They signed Max Williams. They signed Justin Pugh. Put it all together. What what does all this tell you what is going on right now? You know, everyone's acting like it's the same old Cardinals. They're not doing anything. Guess what they're doing? They're changing their offense. That's what I think they're doing. And it's right in front of your eyes for so many people out there. 12 personnel is a paradigm shift. It's a big deal to have two tight ends in rundown situation. That being your primary personnel group. That is a big deal. That is a philosophical shift. To me, they've brought back the physicality. That's the direction they're heading like they never have before. That, to me, is a big change. We'll see if that transpires. But to me, right now, the biggest change, this team is more physical because of what they're going to do. It's interesting what you said right there, though, that you, you think people are, are driving around saying, okay, it's the same old Cardinals not being aggressive. I actually think Steve Kime has been really aggressive the last couple of years, which is why this stands out so far uh, that they haven't done a whole lot. Look, well, if it either says they're very confident in what they had last year, and and they're going to make that change that you're talking about internally, but they're confident and they want to run this back. And they look at the team that started ten and two, and they're like, "We got to figure out what happened at the end of the season." But it wasn't. It's not like we were missing pieces. They're either approaching it that way, or and I, I really hope this is not the case. But uncertainty around Kyler Murray has sort of hamstrung them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not necessarily on them. If that's the case, they wouldn't be the first team that's happened to. No, absolutely. But once again, you know, I'm just, it's a a shift. Zach Ertz is an excellent player. He is. I wasn't talking about Zach Ertz going into free agency because, honestly, I thought that wasn't a priority to me. Do you know why? Because I wanted to get more physical. 
Max Williams was more of a priority to when, me. When I would you bring up Zach this. Ertz, you would just kind of skip over what I said. You're right. Talking about James You're Conner. absolutely right, but I did not see what it meant when they went out and secured Zach Ertz. It meant, if we're going to have Max Williams too, guess what? Here comes 12 personnel. More physical. We're going to run power schemes. We're going to put James Conner and his toes at six and seven yards in the queue behind the quarterback, and we're going to run some physical plays in between the tackles, and we're going to use play action. This is a this is a philosophical shift. Nobody has told me that, by the way. Nobody has told me that. I'm just looking at the evidence that is in front of me right now. There is a portrait that is being painted by Steve Kahn and the Arizona Cardinals, and that portrait says, okay, last year we wanted to get more physical and we wanted to have better leadership inside that locker room. This year we're actually going to do it, not just by signing J.J. Watt, not not just by signing James Conner. We're actually going to commit to this style of play. But the problem with that is that's just the offense. What's happening on defense? Yeah, I know. You know what it, it is, but I think we all understood that Chandler Jones, they weren't going to be able to pay Chandler Jones. Yeah. Right now, right? They weren't going to be able to do well, that. Well, that, that's we the all... thing. There's no way, if, if the Cardinals had outbid Jacksonville for Christian Kirk, we'd be losing our minds right now. Correct. So you, you can't pin that on the Cardinals. Chase Edmonds, I just realistically, they weren't going to be able to keep James Conner and Chase Edmonds. And as much as everybody liked Chase Edmonds, I think 99.9% of Cardinals fans would have preferred if you could only keep one, you'd keep James Conner. So it really comes down to Chandler Jones. And honestly, Wolf, if I could ask anybody any question right now uh, uh, in terms of, of the NFL... I would want to ask Chandler Jones, were you always gone? Not that he hated the Cardinals. Yeah, he obviously right, had right. a really good time here, but some of his comments leading up to, to this uh, whole free agency thing last week were like, yeah, he sounded like a guy that wanted to go to a new team just because this was kind of his last chance to be a free agent. And he wanted, how many times did he say he wanted to go pick a scheme that he could play in and, and, and all that stuff? Correct. So I, my question to him would be, were you always going to leave? Because if that's the case, then there's nothing the Cardinals could have done then either. But if he said, yes, I was always going to leave. Honestly, my follow-up question would be, how do you feel about the Cardinals quarterback? I just, I would just want to know that. (laughs) Since you're leaving, Chan, can you just answer this question? Chan, I got a question for you. Do you mind if you, would you step over here, please, into my office? Um, yeah. Listen, losing Chandler Jones does not make you a better team. No, but it might have been inevitable. It, It does not make you a better team. The strength of the Arizona Cardinals offense, the strength of that offense is Kyler Murray. Their quarterback. They've made all the moves that they're going to use, I think, to actually put Kyler Murray into a very good position going into 2022. The question is, will he be here? <laughs> will he actually physically be here to do that? I, I, right now, again, I have my doubts. It's back and forth, up and down, but the doubt is there. It is totally there when I when I read these these tweets from Eric Burkhart, his agent. It just blows my mind. That, it that, does. That's why I wonder because you're publicly doing this. You, you're going to have a portion of the fan base that's just looking right now and saying, "Okay, the Cardinals aren't being aggressive." And there's more nuance to that. Like you said, you might be changing the offense, and also, if you knew you were going to lose Chandler Jones, that's fine. Nobody can really fault them for that if that's the case. What what is what's what's weird about it is they haven't gone out and started to replace Chandler Jones. But that's where I wonder 
A, is that just going to happen tomorrow or next Thursday and we're making too much of this? Or B, are they just stuck because their quarterback's agent is so hyper-aggressive that not only do you have to pay my guy two years before you're supposed to have to, I also want him paid right now and not in July when every other quarterback in this situation gets paid. I mean, if I'm in the Cardinals position, I'm probably like, I got to figure this out completely. And I'm dealing with sort of a volatile agent before I can go out and sign a Jadavian Clowney or whoever. I know that's the problem right now. It's it's one of the reasons why we were talking about it. The, The Arizona Cardinals had to make the decision in their office, in their front office, sitting around the big rectangle, had to make the decision as to whether or not Kyler Murray was going to be here. <laughs> I mean, they had to make that decision as to what they were going to do with Kyler Murray. And going forward, I think they have made that decision. They're going to move forward with Kyler Murray. Now, all of a sudden, you've got Kyler Murray... And Kyler Murray, and how likely is it from his perspective that he's actually going to play? Because going into free agency, you had to make that determination because every move you make is basically built off a franchise quarterback, and Kyler Murray is your franchise quarterback. There's no denying that. And it would have been normal to assume, since you drafted him three years ago, that this wouldn't necessarily be a huge issue this offseason. So like last year when you're building the team and you're looking a few years out, you probably didn't expect this to be this Intense of an issue right yes, now. Yes, it's to Eric Burkhart's tweet, Basinonians, in regard to Derek Carr, right? Uh-huh. In in regard to Carr, he's a known commodity. He's a known commodity in terms of ability, professionalism, and leadership. And that's why the Raiders are all in because they have a known commodity. Now he might not be as talented. Physically, as Kyler Murray, but he is a known commodity. If you if you if you give Kyler Murray what he wants right now, like tomorrow, and he never gets better than what he's been, the full package, not just talent, not just yeah, but think about what he could do, but what he's actually been. I don't know that you're going to be happy with that because that because what he has been is made the playoffs once. Yes, you know. Now I Look. I am of the belief he's going to get a lot better. I'm of the belief that ultimately you need to sign him because he's going to be one of the eight or nine best quarterbacks in the NFL. But he's not there right now. No, he is not. Kyler is a known commodity in terms of ability, base and audience. That's what he's a known commodity in. He needs to improve his preparation and his leadership skills. If he wants that big bucket of cash, that's what he's got to do. And he'll get that big bucket of cash. And I hope that he does. And the Cardinals will pay it, I think, with a smile on their face. If he'll just improve in areas like preparation and leadership. And and keep improving. Because he has improved from his rookie year to year three. He's improved. Keep doing it. One more year. And we'll pay you your bucket of cash. It's entirely possible everybody's overreacting right now, and the Cardinals are going to sign three players before Monday, and Kyler's going to get a deal in a week. It's entirely possible, man. But it doesn't look that way right now. It just it, it, it's it, it would be crazy to be like, oh, Kyler's agent's going off again. Everything there's fine. Well, the Cardinals haven't signed anybody. Well, they must be waiting for the perfect guy. Like that may work out. But it doesn't look that way right now. And I got to be honest, Wolf, I wasn't nearly as concerned until I saw that tweet from the agent last night. <laughs> yes. Be- because then yes. it was like, oh, stuff's starting to make more sense. Kyler, come back, head down, eyes up, and show the Cardinals what you're all about. 
Coming up, Baker Mayfield wants out of Cleveland. So could things get as bad in Arizona if things with Kyler don't progress? It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Tied that for Tim Couch, Dougie P, Phillies coach, Tim Couch back again. Then they dropped his virgin win. Kelly Hope on Luke McCown, Jeff Garcia came to town. Gilbert, Charlie Fry, all of them went bye-bye. All right, we get it. Anderson and Brady Quinn, lots of guys who didn't win. Ken Dorsey, Gradkowski, and we're halfway done. Jake DeLong, Colt McCoy, Seneca, unemployed, Thad Lewis, Weed, in five win season. Get off, Colt. Austin Davis, Josh McCown, yes, they've had two McCown, Shaw, Hoyer, Campbell, Hornets, <laughs> Manzel, Whitehurst, Kessler, Archie, Dion, I.R. Curley, as I sing this song, they're gonna find another one. You can be the cutie, but only three trees of clouds are the fire. Yes, we've had two McCowns. It's the best line of that song. That's the Cleveland Browns, okay? Then, you know, they go out and they get Baker Mayfield, number one pick in the draft. Should they have taken Josh Allen? Well, yeah, in retrospect, they should have. But, you know, you got Baker Mayfield. And uh, I, I don't know if I'm in the minority here or what, Wolf. Up until this season, I didn't think he was that bad. He got them to the playoffs the year before. Remember, this is a team that won one game in two years total. One game in combined two years. They've had all those quarterbacks in that song that they just played. I believe those are all since 2012. Is either 2000 or 2010. Either way, it's too many. Doom. And you have a quarterback that gets you into the playoffs. You beat the Steelers. You hammer the Steelers. You almost beat the Chiefs in the playoffs. Last year, it granted. Had, by the way. Yeah. Last year, he was awful, but he was also playing very hurt. I'm not saying Baker Mayfield is amazing, but how quickly did they forget in Cleveland that they had Thad Lewis and Bruce Gradkowski and all of the McCowns? Once again, um, it was one of the weirdest things that I've ever experienced is going to Cleveland as the Arizona Cardinals color analyst, sitting down with a couple of my former teammates, guys who were Cleveland Brown analysts, Mm -hmm. as a matter of fact, sitting down and having dinner with them. And listening to them pretty much unload on Baker Mayfield. <laughs> I was like, what are you what are you guys looking for? What are you talking about? I mean, this guy, go back and look at the tape. Not last year, ladies and gentlemen, but 2020. Go back and look at the tape and what he was able to accomplish when he was in a balanced offense and he was healthy and actually had some options at receiver. I I, I honestly um, Baker Mayfield was a guy that came out. He had a ton of swag coming out of Oklahoma, as we all know. But I can tell you, Basinonians, there are general managers in the National Football League that think Baker Mayfield was one of the best leaders that has ever come out of college. Yeah, one I can of the see best that. leaders had swag. He had a little something, something coming out of the side of his neck. He had that, but he was humble and he cared about his teammates and he wanted his teammates to do what has happened in in Cleveland. What has transpired is just mind numbing. It, it, it's me. it's it's even more amazing because you talked about when when the Cardinals were there on October seventeenth. You were hearing this stuff, right? Yes. Okay. They, the Browns were three and two. Their two losses were by four points to the Chiefs in Arrowhead in Week 1, and they had just lost a 47-42 game to the Chargers in L.A. <laughs> right. So it's not like Baker Mayfield was he threw for over 300 yards in both those games, and it's only gone downhill since because 
Yeah, you could look and you could say, okay, well, what's the big deal? They tried to get Deshaun Watson. He's a better player than Baker Mayfield. His feelings are hurt because of that. It's not that. Wolf, this has been building for a yes. year. No. And and it I can't imagine he's going to be playing in Cleveland next year. And honestly, I think he's going to be a lot better somewhere else. I, I'm not saying he's going to be a top five, top ten quarterback, but I think by the end of next season, when you have that conversation of if we're just redrafting all the quarterbacks, I think he'd be in the top half of the league for sure. This is Adam Schefter. Baker Mayfield, the Browns quarterback, told ESPN that he has requested a trade. He thinks it's time to move on. He thinks the relationship between the two sides is too far gone. The Browns, in turn, told ESPN reporter Jake Trotter that they have no intention of moving on from Baker Mayfield at this point in time. So there's a little bit of a standoff here between Baker and the Browns that will continue on for what looks like to be a little while. This felt inevitable uh, inevitable by the end of the season, didn't it? There's no doubt about it. I mean, honestly, right now, this is... This is kind of laugh-out-loud funny. Um, Of course, Baker Mayfield wants to be traded. They tried to get Deshaun Watson. (laughs) They're just basically saying, Hey, Baker, you know what? Thank you. Um... We got to do this. And I think, you know, we got to do this right here. We're going to go out. We're going to try to replace you with Deshaun Watson. Of course, Baker Mayfield's feeling like, oh, my goodness, really? You guys don't want me here. You know you don't want me here. And now you've got this posturing going on by the Cleveland Browns, of course. The Browns, they want you to believe, oh, we're going to bring the king back. You better believe it. Yes, we deposed the king in front of everybody inside that locker room, but we're going to recrown the king. We're bringing back Baker Mayfield, and he's going to be our starting quarterback, and you can just shut your mouth. I don't even think they wanted him back after they didn't get Deshaun. I think, I honestly, I think the Browns were like, all right, Baker, and they were waiting for him to request a trade so they could say, well, we tried and he wants to. But once again, they're not going to let you as a opposing general manager know that they want him out too. They're not going to let you, they're going to double down and say, he's, we're not trading Baker Mayfield. But yeah, and I agree, and that's what you have to do. But how many opposing general managers are like, oh, things are pretty good in Cleveland. We probably couldn't pry Baker Mayfield away from them. (laughs) They they seem pretty happy together. This is, uh, Jake Trotter, who Adam Schefter was was talking about in that uh, in that last bite, people have rightly pointed out that you know Baker is under contract. I mean, ultimately, you know, what is he going to do? Sit out the season and and you know for a go for a go nineteen million dollars, which is what you know he'll be paid this year on the fifth year option of his rookie deal. But I mean, go look at Odell Beckham Jr. Odell Beckham was under contract too, right? And he ended up getting his way out of Cleveland. I think he has the the, the capacity to make this very uncomfortable for the Browns. And the more this goes on, the bigger of a circus it has the potential to be, which in of itself could torpedo this season. So I don't think that's what the Browns want. You know, I think their first choice right now would be to somehow reconciliate with Baker, repair this, move forward with him. It's hard to see right now. If you're getting to a point where Baker is fine with everything, you know, they're kumbaya and he's playing quarterback again. I just I don't really see that right now. Who else are the Browns going to get if they don't have Baker Mayfield? I mean, I, I, listen, I have no idea, but it's time to rebuild, right? I mean, it is. It is. Again. Again, it's time to rebuild. You can't repair this bridge. You can't do it. They already have odds out for uh, Baker Mayfield's team in week one, and the Browns aren't even on the list. Now, this might, it says if not Browns. Okay, so we've got uh, the Colts are the favorite. You tell me the Colts wouldn't take Baker Mayfield right now over, I don't even know who their starting quarterback is. (laughs) Okay, yeah, I would say Indianapolis has got to be exhibit A. Uh, The Seahawks are number two. That's interesting. I could, I mean, because then you add a guy, you're, you can still rebuild, but Baker's young. 
From Baker Mayfield, I'd much rather go throw to DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett than just be hated in Cleveland. (laughs) (laughs) Those are my two options. I don't know what it is. Maybe it was the fact he started doing all these commercials. Remember that with Baker Mayfield? He did have more commercials than anybody. Yeah. 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 I'm wondering if Cleveland, just knowing the Browns fans, they're they're not crazy about all that. Some of those are pretty funny commercials. I thought they were really good as well, but I, I, I don't think that really flew with the Browns fans. Uh, 26 touchdowns, 8 interceptions two years ago, too. I mean, that's pretty good numbers. Um, the Lions are number 3. The Bucks, uh, you probably take the Bucks off there at this point with Tom Brady back. Panthers, Saints, <laughs> yeah. Falcons, Jets, Texans. Those are the top uh, nine teams in terms of just betting odds to, to land Baker Mayfield for next year. Yeah, I think the Indianapolis Colts, once again, give me the line. What is the line on that? That one is 3-2. to two. <laughs> Like, I know what that no, means. I was going to say, I no idea and that's what a complicated that line. Right so, I don't even care. You didn't even listen. You just had me give Whatever. the line. <laughs> Three to two, Wolf. It's very clear, right? Three to yes. two. Uh, yeah, if I'm Baker Mayfield, I'm like, please, just get me to Indianapolis or somewhere. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Coming up, which NFL free agent still available could make the biggest impact on the Cardinals roster? Play a little fulcrum football next. Free agency edition. Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. It's part of the NFL. It's not easy. It's not easy to win in the NFL. Everybody want to win. Who or what is the tipping point? And that's going to be key to our success. This is Fulcrum Football with Wolf and Luke. Oh, I miss the days where we got to play Fulcrum Football and listen to Marcus Golden quotes. This is like a nice little... I don't know, reunion right here. So here's how we're going to do this today, Wolf. Fulcrum Football, we're just going to go through and take guys that are currently available. So the rules, we cannot say, oh yeah, I'd like Aaron Donald on the Cardinals. I'd like Devontae Adams. Guys that are currently available. Right, I get it. But it is, it doesn't have to be completely realistic. Just guys that are available that you would like the Arizona Cardinals to go out and add. So we basically don't have to worry about a salary cap. Is that what you're saying? Yes. We can just spend yeah. You can just be the Dodgers. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? Okay, here we go. I mean, and we're five days into this, too, so the, the, the big names aren't still out there. Of course, I called Tails, and it is Tails. Tails never fails. Uh, <laughs> so there you, go. <laughs> there you go right there. Okay, so I'll go first. Okay, Basinonians, gather on the transistor and press the ear. Um, I'm going to go with Stefan Gilmore. <laughs> There you go, Stephon Gilmore playing cornerback, of course. I'd absolutely love to see him don the bird on the side of the helmet, dressed in the colors of the Arizona Cardinals, going out and playing a lot of press man cover, advanced Joseph schemes. Yes, that to me would be a slam dunk. Stephon Gilmore, my number one player in Fulcrum football. Can you even believe the Raiders may get him too? In the span of what, that would be three days, they would get Chandler Jones, Devontae Adams, and Stephon Gilmore? Yeah. No, I don't believe it. Um, just to follow up on that too, looking at other corners that are currently available, there's a pretty big drop off from Stephon Gilmore to everybody else now. You know, the, when the lists originally came out and you saw everybody who was out there, there was Carlton Davis and there was J.C. Jackson. There was a, there were other players, but now it's just kind of Stephon Gilmore, and like the next highest rated corner is Dante Jackson, also of the Panthers. Yes. So there's, there's not nearly as much. That, that market has dried yeah. up a little bit. Darius Williams? 
Darius Williams is uh, Jacksonville now, I believe. Yeah, okay. He did sign. Okay. Everybody sorry. just went to Jacksonville. I that one yeah, but that, that was another one. That was between, yeah. and, and yep. they're all gone. All right, with my first pick in the uh, Fulcrum Football Free Agency Draft. Let's see. I'm, you know, Wolf. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna take Juju. Give me Juju Smith Schuster. I'll take Juju. I'm going position scarcity here. I've given up on corner because you took the only one I really wanted, and there's a lot of edge rushers. So I'm gonna go with Juju right now. Okay, so my second player in Fulcrum Football Free Agency, ladies and gentlemen, Akeem Hicks. Oh yeah. Why not? Here's a guy that could play three technique. You could even play him over the nose. 6'4", 335 pounds. This is a big defensive tackle. Yeah, Akeem Hicks. Why not? Bring him in here as a run stuffer. There's a guy right there that I think if the Arizona Cardinals somehow, some way, could finagle the salary cap to actually sign him, I'd be all over that. Hakeem Hicks. Yeah, I looked at him. You know what I'm going to do with my next pick then, Wolf? I'm going to let Zach Ertz make the pick for me, and I'm going to take Fletcher Cox before Philadelphia signs him, which might happen like the next 10 minutes. Okay. Fletcher Cox. Yeah, I think Fletcher Cox. You just he tried to totally one-up me yeah, I did. in that situation. I figured, okay, right you're there. going. Okay, okay I like that. Go we know Fletcher Cox is going to sign with But me. he hasn't signed uh, with Philadelphia. I see what you're doing right if there. If Zach Ertz can recruit okay. him, we'll see. Maybe Look, if you're Fletcher Cox, what's going to sway you? Zach Ertz, your former teammate you won a Super Bowl with, tweeting at you, or hearing you were the fourth pick in this Fulcrum football No, I would say cold, hard cash, homie. Mm. That's what's going to sway him. We don't have any of that him. here. Sorry. Okay, um... Luke breaking the rules just distracted me tremendously right now. Um, Okay, my third fulcrum football player in free agency, Jadavion Clowney. (laughs) Jadavion Clowney. Yeah, isn't that right, Zach? Zach's back there laughing at you right now. I should have taken Jadavion Clowney because you weren't thinking of Fletcher Cox. And he's laughing at you right there. The edge, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, I'm going to address the defensive tackle and the need of a run stuffer. I'm going to do that with Akeem Hicks. And then I'm going to go to the edge with Jadavion Clowney, who's still only 29 years old and in 14 games last year had nine sacks and looked pretty good on tape. I realize this would be his fourth team, and you got to start wondering, what's going on with that? Why does somebody this talented bounce all over the National Football League, well, I'm not going to worry about it. I'm going to go sign him and bring him in as my third fulcrum football player. I want to make sure my next Man, pick am is, I destroying is, you is, right well, now? Well, you had the first Honestly. pick, which feels like that was, uh, was fixed. I'm just trying to make sure that the guy I'm about to take is still a free agent because he wasn't for a while. All right. I'll go with Darius Smith. Carry on. <laughs> he seems very indecisive in his uh, his free agency. He, I believe he signed with Baltimore. He backed out. That's the team that drafted him, too. So I have to assume that there is a deal in place with him with another team, right? That, that's got to be what this is. Darius Smith must have... Somebody must have said, hey, wow, that's what you're signing with? I could have got you this here. And he's like, okay... I didn't sign the papers with Baltimore. I'm a free agent, in air quotes, but somebody already has him. But, you know, for the purposes of Fulcrum Football, I'll take him, too. Okay, Zedaria Smith, that's not bad by you right there. That's not bad at all. Also wearing the C. Um, We're down to seven captains here. We need a couple more. (laughs) 
<laughs> Luke, that was funny. You ought to try that more often. Once every other Friday. Um. Okay, my fourth fulcrum football player, the free agency edition, ladies and gentlemen, Bradley Bozeman, offensive guard for the Baltimore Ravens. Do you like that? I, ladies and gentlemen, I like that, as a matter of fact. Line him up and let the butt gut eat. Listen, you know what? You're gonna, you know you're going to be more physical. Is he coming from a physical system with the Baltimore Ravens? That seems um, like it. You better believe that he is, ladies and gentlemen. He's coming from the physical Baltimore Ravens offensive line. He's going to know how to zone block. He's going to know all the gap schemes, the power schemes. He's going to know it all. And guess what, James Conner? We're going to put your toes at seven, and we'll let Bradley Bozeman come off the ball and knock somebody's nose off. Bradley Bozeman, my fourth fulcrum football player. I don't hate that pick at all. You know what I'm going to do here? Just so you can't have any receivers, I'm going to take Marcus Valdez-Scantlin. Start barking. <laughs> now that's a bark right there. That's that's well, that was you barking against yourself. You realize? Yeah, well, that. I I, okay. I do realize that right there. But honestly, I feel like that's Tom over- Chambers. We got to get Tommy on. TC tried to bark yeah. the other night on uh-huh. the show. Uh-huh. It's just off. Not not good enough. Tommy, let's go. At least he's working on let's it. Let's go. Slick the hair back, Tommy, and start barking. I feel like you're trying to dissuade focus away from my MVS pick, which is, this is outstanding. Now I've got Juju and Marcus Valdez-Scantling. I can just throw a bunch of receivers out there. I might have a jugs machine throwing the ball down the field because I don't know if I have a quarterback right now, but I've got receivers. Yeah, Valdez-Scantling. Yeah. You know what? That's a good one. I like him. That is, that saved your your fulcrum football. And it made it so you can't have any receivers. Honestly, right now, the Amish would look at you with a side eye and say that you suck buttermilk. On this, I don't know but, if I could handle that right but, now at this point in my but life. The Valdez Scantling, that one right there, man, I I can't top that. Wait, you're saying I'm that won the Amish over? I'm going to sit here quietly because six four, almost six four. Okay, mm-hmm. he's not quite, but he's almost six four. A guy that is big, two hundred over two hundred pounds, who can run four three seven coming out. And he can catch the ball. He can take the top off. Oh, look. I think you you did an excellent job on that one right there. But I still think I whipped you, no, especially with a Bozeman pick. Yeah, I don't know. It's predictable at best. All right, that was Fulcrum Football. That was fun to do Fulcrum Football again. Actually talk about some, some on the field, even though. <laughs> well, Stephon I don't know. Gilmore, of course, starting it. Well, that was, that was that, that's the clear number one pick. I don't know. Of these eight guys, is it likely... Who's the most likely that they actually would sign? Like, if I told you, Wolf, next week the Cardinals are going to sign one of these guys, who's the most realistic? Might be Juju. Yeah. He really might be. right, yeah. I I like Juju. Juju. I do, too. All right, the uh, Phoenix Suns will be back in action tonight. So is the national media starting to take more notice as to just how good Phoenix is compared to some of the other powerhouses around the NBA? It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station.
the payoff we've all been waiting for on a Friday. Basinonians gather. Wolf and Luke broadcasting so you don't have to on a Friday. Rage Day. Um, Rage Day. I like that. I had a friend that would go to music festivals. This is not me. I had a friend that would go to music festivals. And on the last day, well, I've gone to music festivals, but on the last day, he would dress like a banana. And his reasoning was, it's Rage Day. So there you go. Really? Yeah. Yeah! All right, Zach, settle down. Please. Settle down. Settle down. We don't need any of that craziness. You do what they told you. Now you do what they told you. I know, this is. I've never responded well to authority, ladies and gentlemen. I'm just saying. Is it possible to play and not get a reaction out of Wolf? This is—it just brings back so many memories. It does of what it was like to be in the tunnel and wanted to bury somebody. All right, so after all that, I'm going to take you down the avenue of basketball. You ready? Here's the one thing. Honestly, right now, if you if you had, imagine yourself with a nasal infection. Okay. Okay. You know how you get all clogged up and everything else? It sucks. Run down the field going 100 miles an hour and bury your face into a man the size of Saturn's third moon. I don't know how big that moon is. Um, It's big. Okay. And I promise you... <laughs> Whatever type of congestion you had, it will leave you. <laughs> Graphic. <laughs> Painting a very vivid picture. And it will feel so good. Okay. Here we go now, Luke. Right, Drive. Luke. This Driver. is what I got for you. I've got, uh, I've got Stephen A. Smith talking sons. Here, I'll start here. Stephen A. Smith talking, looking at the Western Conference. Stephen A. Smith, who's been on the Warriors train all season, even when uh, as recently as a couple weeks ago, Chris Paul goes down, and the reaction from Stephen A. Smith is, yeah, the Warriors are going to catch him. They're going to be the number one seed in the Western Conference. I see. Well, that seemed ridiculous then. It seems obviously even more ridiculous now because it's almost mathematically impossible. This is Stephen A. from this week saying, you know what? The Suns are making him a little bit nervous now. When I look at the Phoenix Suns, and I look at the Golden State Warriors, fully loaded and healthy with Clay, Steph on the court together with Draymond, with Poole and Kaminga and all of those brothers that Draymond is going to be there to hold accountable. I'm rolling with the Warriors. The only team that makes me, the Phoenix makes me a little nervous. I got to confess that. But Brooklyn healthy and on the court together makes me considerably nervous because Kyrie with KD on the court against those brothers with Ben Simmons and the crew, I would be worried, but I'm still rolling with the Warriors until further notice. I'm sorry. I'm not going against them with a healthy Draymond Green. I'm not doing it. Man, it's just amazing. It's just uh, you're not believing what you're seeing. He's not believing what he's seeing with the Phoenix Suns. And I think one of the big reasons why is because of the names, of course, right now. You've got two, Devin Booker and Chris Paul. Mm -hmm. Devin Booker and Chris Paul. I think guys like Stephen A., they continue to focus on superstars, superstars that have dominated the NBA from the past, so to speak. And I understand why. 
Um, but the Phoenix Suns, they've got a team that so many guys are developing and growing before our very eyes. And I'm talking about those second-tier players like Mikel Bridges, yeah. like Cam Johnson, like Campaign. And nobody's going to acknowledge that. Stephen A. is never going to acknowledge that because he knows his audience is never going to actually know. What are you talking about, Mikel Bridges? Well... Most people, once again, I don't think they're familiar with the Phoenix Suns roster, so to speak, there, other than Chris Paul, other than D-Book, and maybe DeAndre Ayton. There is a percentage of the media that's always just going to, they're never going to pick somebody new to win a championship in whatever sport it is. We see it every year. We see it in the NFL. We certainly see it in the NBA. Well, nobody else could win because it could only be the Warriors or whatever team Kevin Durant's on or whatever team LeBron's on. How would ever anybody else ever win? And then when somebody does, they're like, wow, that was a shock. It wasn't necessarily a shock to you it, or to everybody. It was a shock to you because you're only looking at the teams that have already won. Sometimes new teams win. And by the way, Phoenix was in the uh, the NBA Finals last year, so this really shouldn't be a stunner if they uh, make another deep run. Now, uh, yeah, but there's no doubt this is a better version yes, of the Phoenix a much Suns. better team. This is. Part of the reason is Mikel Bridges, and Stephen A. did give him credit. He is not the defensive player of the year. Draymond, get that out your head. You don't miss 32 games, and you are defensive player of the year. That title is going to belong to Mikel Bridges of the mm. Phoenix Suns. That's the defensive player of the year. Let's get that out the way right now. There's nothing to talk about. This brother's special, okay? And he deserves his our praise. He's getting it from me today. Man. Mikel was, look, Mikel's okay, so better this year. Acknowledge Mikel Bridges. Um, acknowledged him with in Defensive Player of the Year. Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah. Okay, has he watched him play offensively and how he has grown offensively? I mean, that is, to me, this is where Mikel Bridges has grown the most this year, is offensively. Not just his ability to yeah, He hit was the already three. great defensively last year. He was already yeah. great, of course. No, he was way overlooked last year. No doubt He's about that. He's better this year, but but people nationally are acting like he went from like a 5 defensively to like a 9.5. He was like an 8.5 last year, and he went to a 9.5. What I think we have seen from Mikael Bridges offensively this year, listen, he's, he's a guy that always was going to be a 3 and D guy for the most part. He can shoot the three. We He's proven he can mm-hmm. totally shoot the three and do that responsibly. He also have shown that he can put the ball on the floor and pull up with a little mid-court, right? Mid-range jumper. He can do that. He can also take it to the rack. This is where I think he has grown the most this year is putting the ball on the floor and taking it to the hole, just like Cam Johnson was doing. Honestly, those two guys right there, I think, have improved the most in those regards. Now, how about this? This is Monica uh, Monica McNutt from earlier this week talking about, again, Suns versus Warriors, okay? I think, I mean, the Warriors are a deep team, too. It's, it's tough to evaluate the Warriors because they keep talking about, hey, look at this team we're going to have. But you haven't had it all year. You've had it for like two games, and even then you didn't have James Wiseman. So, look, Golden State is a deep team. But I think if you're if you're picking the Warriors over the Suns, you're doing it based on their big three versus the Suns' big three, right? Well, this is Monica McNutt saying not so fast there either. When I look at what the Phoenix Suns have been able to do, right? Like if we go if we go three to three, Draymond, Steph, and Clay potentially, you're talking about Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and obvi- obviously probably DeAndre Ayton rounds out their big three. Mm-hmm. The size inside to me of Phoenix with their length. 
Aiton. Um, you talk about Mikael Bridges. Okay. Johnson's playing good basketball. Yeah. He, they match up well with the Warriors in terms of the ability to defend. And then syst- syst- in terms of their systems, I'm not 100% sure why James Wiseman's name keeps coming up as somebody that's going to be a major difference maker in the potential Warriors run. And if he were, he'd still have to guard DeAndre Ayton at points in a, in a series, which I don't think he has an advantage over. It, it, that's look. That is somebody naturally giving the Suns credit against the Warriors, which I'm pretty much I'm going to play that every time it happens. But the other thing that the other point that that raises, Wolf, is if DeAndre Ayton. We've had this conversation in the past, but if DeAndre Ayton goes off in a series like that, I don't know that even the Warriors would beat the Suns. No way, because that to a certain extent. I mean, there's always the caveat, well, yeah. what if Steph drops 55? Well, yes. yeah, he can do that. Can he do that four times in, in a seven-game series? He can, but Mikel Bridges is going to be out there, so it's going to be tougher. And by the way, Steph's about the only guy that can. But if down low, the Suns are dominating the Warriors because DeAndre Ayton's playing like a monster, and then you just tell me I have Devin Booker and Chris Paul against basically Clay. I'll take my chances with the Suns. Yeah, I reject myself in front of King and Country for actually saying that. No way. I'm not going to affront the athletic process. So certainly with the Golden State Warriors as well. I mean, these guys, of course, they could win the whole thing. There's no denying They're right there. They could win the whole thing. The Suns are going to have to play extremely well if, in fact, they face off against the Warriors at some point in time coming out of the West. They're going to have to play extremely well in order to win that. Um, so I, 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 I shouldn't have said that, but honestly, right now, if you were to tell me that DeAndre Ayton continues to get more physical and more aggressive, you tell me that is going to happen over the last half or the, or not the last half, the remainder of this season. And then into the postseason, like he did last year, I will tell you right now that proposition of beating the Suns. It's very slim. It, it, then it gets a lot more difficult than it even has been all season when the Suns are fifty six and fourteen. Um, I just, I, I hope we see that series, and honestly, I hope we see it with both teams at full strength. I don't, Me too. I, I don't want to hear, oh, yep. the Suns won because Steph was hurt, or the other way. I don't want to sit here and be like, wow, you know, the Suns were missing three players, and we never got to see what they could do. I want to see the Suns at full strength. I want to see the Warriors at full strength. Love Those it. are clearly the two best teams. And honestly, Wolf. That's the tier. That's the top tier of teams, I think, that could actually realistically win the NBA title. Not just be good, but win the NBA title. The only other teams I'd even put close to them are Brooklyn, if they actually play all their players at some point, and maybe Milwaukee or Philadelphia. Maybe. And I'm stretching for that. I'm stretching for Philadelphia. Milwaukee just won, so obviously I'll put them in. But once again, if DA actually continues to develop in that regard, the physicality and the aggressiveness, no way, man. Coming up next, we're going to take you through the top stories of the day with Wolf and Down Your Lunch. It is the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.